Hello everyone, this is Dr. Allison DeBardo Goggin with Little Black Bag Medicine, and today we are going to continue our hormone fertility and libido conversation by talking about understanding your fertility signs. I am giving away my hormone healing guide as a free ebook for you. So go ahead and claim that. The link is in the comments and you can schedule a free introductory consultation with me to talk about what's going on with you, what's working, what's not working, and make a personalized plan so you know that you're not alone and you know what your next step should be. So I love talking about fertility signs because it's something that I wrote about in my Joyful Pregnancy Workbook. It's something that I teach my patients and it's something that I have in the Hormone Healing Guide as well because most women just aren't aware of how their cycle works. And it's a shame because it is so important and it can help you understand what's going on, why, how you're feeling, when, and what to do about it. So number one thing, just like every time I talk, I want you to track every aspect of your lifestyle when you're starting your healing plan, because it's going to help you understand what's affecting you. Is it food? Is it sleep? Is it stress? Is it something else going on? Is it hormones? What is your emotional pattern? What's your digestive pattern? How are your headaches doing? What's your pain levels? What's your inflammation? And there's so many apps you can do this with and I love the ovulation tracking apps or the period tracking apps because you can put these things in there and send it to me, send it to your doctor, send it to anybody that you're working with, print it out. You can hand write it. So let's talk about fertility signs um, because we are charting and we want to know how you are in connection with your body? Do you understand what's happening? Are you feeling things and really connecting deep within? So I recommend charting your three basic fertility signs, which is your waking basal temperature, your cervical fluid, and your cervical position. Now, this is not meant to be a solitary guide. Neither is my book, especially if you're using this as a birth control method. I always, always, always recommend taking a class and using this method correctly, hiring a certified professional. I am not one. I am just sharing information because they can help you recognize possible inconsistencies with your cycle. They can either help you achieve pregnancy more quickly, which is what I get to do when reviewing charts. But if you're using this for natural family planning, you want to avoid pregnancy. There are so many rules and so many things that you need to be aware of to avoid pregnancy using this method that this is your quick PSA, all right? So women are often misguided about the physiology of their menstrual cycle. So let's get really clear on that first. Day one is the first day of your period. It is not the spotting before, but is the first day of an actual cycle. Your cycle should last somewhere between 26 and 32 days. On average, it's about 28 days, but there's going to be a wide range and that's okay. Traditionally, medically, they say you ovulate on day 14, but that is not always true. You can ovulate anywhere from day 10 to day 20. It just depends on your hormones, your cycle, what's happening that month. So tracking is going to help you understand your body, your stress, how that's affecting your hormones. And it'll also really help decrease guessing times. It's going to reduce worry about your fertility or your body function. And it's going to give you and your doctor a tool to work with 
for your body to optimize your fertility and your hormones. So like I said, our cycle begins on day one. Um, period should last anywhere from three to 10 days. If you're struggling with spotting or extended periods, that is something that we need to get fixed and be aware of and do some hormone testing for, not just tracking as well. So we really have um, the first part of our cycle, tracking temperature. Your temperature is going to be lower. So this is when estrogen begins increasing. You start to feel usually a little bit better after your cycle, clearer, happier. Um, your ovaries are getting ready to release an egg. And then around day 14, so let's just use that as the example, there's going to be a surge of the LH hormone that causes the ovary to release an egg. And then estrogen's going to peak. And it's that time that your temperature will jump. So when you're tracking this on paper or a chart, it's not going to be a jump from 96 to 99, right? It's going to be a jump from 97.1 to 97.93. We're looking for these really small things. So always make sure to track it. Use a basal thermometer. So there are fertility thermometers that are much more specific for this. I have not purchased this yet, but there is a Bluetooth thermometer, I believe through the app Kindara, K-I-N-D-A-R-A. I'm not an affiliate, but it's, that is the app I use. And how wonderful because if you wake up, take your temperature, and then you fall back asleep or you forget, it will automatically connect to the app. So you don't have to worry about writing things down or forgetting things. So technology is amazing, right? So there are a couple rules with taking your temperature in the morning. And that is, you need to be still in bed as soon as your alarm goes off. Don't get up. Don't brush your teeth. Don't go to the bathroom. Alarm goes off. Thermometer goes in your mouth because it's your resting temperature before your metabolism kicks up and starts really that internal fire. You need to um, use a basal thermometer. That's rule number two. And then track it, write it down or put it in your app as soon as you can. You need to take it as around the same time every single day. You need about three hours to four hours of sleep because you need to get your metabolism down and your body into a resting state to get your metabolic temperature lower and normalized. You can't have a fever, obviously, and really alcohol consumption can also affect your resting temperature. So if you're drinking every night or you had a fun night the night before, that can also impact your temperature. So be very aware of that. So when we have our temperature and we're tracking it is lower in the beginning of our cycle, it will jump and you'll notice that jump the day after you ovulate. So if you ovulate on day 14, day 15, it should be slightly higher. The second half of your cycle, your temperature will remain high because your progesterone is high and it's going to help incubate a baby if you are pregnant. And then you'll notice the temperature to start coming down before you get your period again. And then the whole process starts over again. I love charting because the biggest things I look for is if your temperature is very low in the morning, like in the 96s, that usually signifies that there's a thyroid issue that we need to be aware of. So that gives us a trigger if you haven't already that we need to reevaluate thyroid function. If your progesterone is not high in the second half of your cycle, so if you're ovulating really late, say day 18, and you only have 
uh, four or five days of a high temperature, that's not enough time for your body to have enough progesterone to have uh, the egg implant. So if you're struggling with fertility, that might be one of the reasons. And we need to renormalize your ovulation time back to around day 14 and extend the amount of time that you have high progesterone before your period begins again. So that way you have enough progesterone in your system to continue the pregnancy. The other thing I really like about charting is that if you are a person who is impacted by stress and is highly sensitive or has a lot going on in their life and you're not sure when you're ovulating, this is a great, great tool. So stress will delay ovulation. And it's not about, oh, I'm so stressed out right before my period and it pushed it back. It's more that what happened right before you ovulated. Um, so we really want to check what is your stress? How is your body perceiving stress? Is it affecting your ovulation? It is possible that stress pushes back your ovulation. So if you are trying to get pregnant and you're on day 12, 13, 14, and 15, and it's not happening, is your stress level pushing your back and making your ovulation happen on day 17, 18, or 19? That'll give you a really good idea. And the other thing I have seen is women ovulating twice in one cycle because of stress coming and going. Um, and then skipping ovulation during those months as well. So it gives us just a really good idea of what's going on. Um, the last two that we talked about um, that I mentioned was cervical fluid and cervical position. So these are a little bit different than the rhythm method or just using beaded bracelets. Um, but what we're checking is cervical fluid and cervical position because those change during ovulation and then closer to your period as well. So these are really great things to be aware of as you are going through your cycle, as you're either getting testing done or as you're trying new supplements, new products, new lifestyle changes, and you can monitor what's going on, what's working, how you're feeling. So that was a really brief introduction. Um, I do highly recommend the book called Taking Charge of Your Fertility by Tony Weschler. It is amazing. It is a classic book. And she has so much in-depth information. She is my go-to person and her training and certification and professionals are the people that I would highly recommend. So check her book out. Um, she has a great website. You can download her charts for free as well if you're a paper person. So lots of information for you here to get started on tracking. So thank you for tuning in and we will chat tomorrow.